And we're down to two, ladies and gentlemen. The best team in the American League, the best team in the National League, will be duking it out for the World Series Championship. Welcome to the Pinch Talk Podcast, episode 20. Uh, man, this, this is a big one right here, ladies and gentlemen. The World Series Preview, ALCS, NLCS recaps. Uh, just so y'all know, you know, a little bit of a behind the scenes uh, commentary here. This is our third fucking try recording this shit because my sound card just for some reason keeps fucking up. Uh, hopefully it does not this time because we want we you know if it does fuck up we won't record for a fourth time because I'll toss this because I'll toss this shit out the window. I need uh, seven floors so, up, guys. Yeah, I'm only seven floors up. Y'all hear Pat right there? I'm introducing for the third motherfucking time. Uh, but yeah, bro, like, uh, blessed to have you here. How you feeling, bro? I'm I'm good. I'm 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 enjoying this turmoil. Now we that we're going through right now, trying to get this, trying to get this shit done. There's been some funny shit. Not gonna hold yeah, it. There's been it some funny shit. We 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 gotta get the laughs out in, in the midst of the frustration. Yeah, um, that's a fact. But that's I fact. feel productive right now. Um, check out my articles. Check out Mario's articles. We're both yeah. writing our asses off, trying to get you guys con- interesting baseball content. Yeah. Um, and we're succeeding with that shit because we know we're fire. Um, absolutely. See, that's how that's how flabbergasted I am. I didn't even properly plug, you know, the articles and where you can find the podcast and all that shit. So I'm not going to do it. You know, just check out the Twitter account that Pat runs at a very high level right now, much better than I do. Check out his articles, like he said, my articles, all that good shit. So now we can get into the important shit. ALCS, NLCS, let's do the recaps first so we can then do the proper World Series preview, you know, our predictions and all that without anything, you know, having to be done afterwards so we can dedicate more time to that. Um, Because we began with the ALCS in our previous recordings that you will not hear, uh, do you mind, bro, if we begin with the NLCS just for a change of pace? No, go ahead. All right. So, NLCS, thank you for that. Um, now, the story for this, it's a shame, really. This NLCS is a shame in many regards. One of those regards is not the brand of baseball we got. This was some truly excellent baseball on display, basically through seven games. Every game was engaging in one way or another. Um, Man, the Braves and the Dodgers... Uh, a lot, a lot closer than we thought. I think we both predicted Dodgers in five or six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, I can actually. Yep. Yeah, I think I had the. I think I had the Dodgers winning in five. I'm pretty sure I had them in in, in six or five. So we both, I guess, kind of underestimated the Braves or overestimated the Dodgers a little bit, but. Let me give uh, the people listening, you know, how, you know, kind of a view of how the series went. And, you know, y'all will actually see why this is kind of a shame because, you know, it it only reinforces the narrative, right? Um, so the Braves get out to a hot start. They take game one by shutting down the Dodgers five to one. Then they win a shootout eight to seven in game two. And at that point, they had their two best starters win the first two games for them, pretch very well. 
They're up two games to nothing. They need two wins in the next five games. Could they do it, Pat? Tell the folks how everything unraveled from that point on. Another Atlanta sports team shot the bed. Dog, it's crazy how they cannot escape that. No, they can't. And it's fucking. It's, 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 as a Cleveland sports fan, besides, I'm not a Browns fan though. Don't. I'm. I'm. I don't stoop that low. But <laughs> he said, "Don't put that on me." <laughs> don't put that on me. Even though the Cowboys are are dumpster fire right now. Yeah, I'm not um, a Browns fan. Okay. Game three. The Dodgers put their foot in the Braves' ass. They scored like 11 in the first inning. Just, oh my goodness. (laughs) That was ridiculous to see in real time. It just, it didn't (laughs) stop. Like, when you you saw Max Muncy come up to base with the bases loaded to bat, you you knew he was going to hit a grand slam. Yeah. I knew he was at least going to hit a double in the gap. I'm like, oh, he's going to at least clear the bases for sure. Yeah. Like that's just that's just the way that that game was going to go. Yeah, it was just and a then shit storm. The next game, the Braves respond. They win ten to two. Marcelo Zuna, eleven total bases in that game. Yeah, he, he uh, won't which would, which would be the only time he'd show up in this entire series, by the way. But <laughs> we could talk about that later. Yeah, and then game five, Dodgers win. Then Dodgers won three straight games, down 3-1. Game five, they won 73. Game six, they won 3-1. And game seven, they won 4-3. Yeah. Um, game five, to me, made sense. Like, I was expecting the Dodgers to win that game. 7-3 mm-hmm. was not really that close of a game. Um, well, I mean, it kind of was because basically every single game except for games three and four, was somewhat disputed but i think where the braves lose this series and like i don't i don't like saying this obviously because you know it did it go you know it went seven games they lost by only one run and this is kind of a corny cliche but i feel like where the braves really let this series get away from them you know where they had the dodgers you know in a position where they could have put their foot in their ass again and ended it was game six in the second inning and you know what happens in that in, in that in that instance right Run that back for me. Um, so all right. So let me paint the picture. In Game Six, Braves are leading the series three to two. They need one more win in the next two games with their two best starters going. Mm-hmm. They got Max Free, their ace on the mound. Right. Max Free, their ace on the mound, proceeds to prolapse on the mound in the first inning. Oh my God! This man said prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> that's just foul. That's that's flagrant, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I'm gonna praise him. I'm gonna praise Max Freed. Uh, but he did prolapse in the first inning. Uh, so after retiring Mookie Betts uh, on a regular fly ball, the next five batters go like this: home run, home run, walk, single, single. That's three runs the score in the first, with Walker Bueller staring at the Braves lineup from the opposite dugout. Not good. So then what did the Braves do? Very much similar to what they did in game four, where they got destroyed in game three and then came out and smoked the Dodgers. They responded in game four, which was very impressive. By the way, because that was a point like because because like that was a point game four also, like just, you know, to go off on a tangent, that was a point where uh, a, 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 you know, kind of a young, inexperienced team can let the pressure get to them 
you know, mm-hmm. yep. and, you know, feel the pressure of just getting smoke, do too much and get absolutely steamrolled the rest of the series. Right. The, the, yeah. The, the, the Braves had a lot of rookies on their pitching staff. And I feel like it really show in the bigger moments and a lot of young guys in their position player group because they made some mistakes on the, especially from a base running standpoint. Oh, that was terrible. Terrible base running. Absolutely. Just awful. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. They ran into so many outs. Anyway, so after that, after Max Fried gets the last two outs of the first, we go to the top of the second inning. And like they did in game four, the Braves down three facing the best pitcher on the Dodgers. They respond. They begin the second with three straight singles to load the bases with nobody out. Now, bases loaded, nobody out. You and I both know in that situation, it is a must that you get at least two runs, correct? Yes. A mu- you, at least you have to get two. Three should be a good basis loader, nobody else situation. One is a big disappointment. Two is the minimum. What did the Braves do? Strikeout, strikeout, ground out. Zero runs after loading the bases with nobody out. That right there to me is the point where the Braves let the Dodgers get away. Because Max Fried, after that, he went five and two thirds shutout. He threw 109 pitches. He faced the order four times. It was a pretty much a vintage pitching performance, you know. And I, I and if you saw me tweeting during that game, you'll know I love that one. I just love seeing Freed face the lineup four times and go out there and just throw over 100 pitches. I love that. Absolutely. He he. I love he seeing put, that. He put his arm on the line, especially since he started the season late because of I think he had coronavirus. I'm pretty sure he did. Either that or he was hurt, but he missed time. He, he, he missed time, yeah, for sure. And then for him to... Max Freed just... He put the pitching set on his back because, honestly, if if he was a little more ineffective or he didn't... or he was on the pitch limit, the Braves wouldn't even made seven games. Yeah, exactly. Because he was also excellent in game one. And one big thing for me with this series for the Braves is... The Braves had so many chances to put to put the Dodgers away, and they just couldn't do it. Whether it was their pitching or their hitting, or their position player group, I mean, correct. And I'm looking at the the series win probability chart, and they they literally just pulled the what the Falcons did in in twenties whatever Super Bowl they were in, where they just shat the bed. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, it, it's, it's unexplainable. I mean, it's it's, it's explainable, but it's kind of incomprehensible. I just can't wrap my head around it. Like I can't reason. I can't. It's, it's the Braves should have won the series, honestly. I've, like I mean, I mean. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate. Let me. Okay, so let me do this. Okay. They should because they were up three games to one. They're a great team. They only needed one win in three games, but they're not facing an equal team. No, they're That's facing right. a, a much better team. Absolutely. So With more experience. Yeah, like, it's bad to blow a three games to one lead. I get it. It's going to hurt. But seriously, how many people thought, realistically, the Braves were going to take the Dodgers to game seven and lose by one run in game seven? You know? Nobody. 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 How many people thought the Braves would be off three games to one after four? 
Braves fans. That's it. Yeah. Like I don't even think Braves fans thought they were gonna do that good, honestly. None of them actually thought that. They'd said it. Like but they didn't think it. So like it's like the Braves almost overachieved in the first four games. And it only made the uh, you know the eventual loss more painful. I don't think it's even close to being comp- comparable to what the Falcons pulled. Like not even close. No, not opinion. at all. Not even close. Like that was that that is easily the greatest collapse in in sports history, right up there with the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, being the best team in hockey in, in the entire regular season just two years ago, and then getting swept in the first round by the eighth seed. Um, that was right up, you know, right up there with that. <laughs> but so like it's gonna hurt. Uh, and we you know we can go you know round and round and try to find you know the culprits. Uh, you know for the for the Braves losing um but I really don't think that's fair to them right no like considering all the injuries they had to in you know in their starting rotation no Soroka no Cole Hamels who I get I get it he's not an ace no more not even close but he's still but a he, good he's still a, a good pitcher yeah I mean and yeah, he had a bit of a resurgence as well yeah so like all those injuries to the pitching I have so many unknown rookies that perform brilliantly or and not brilliantly <laughs> um Phew. you just had to expect this yeah you, i'm i'm recalling that game three start poor like what was fam name kyle right oh poor guy dog uh, <laughs> you could see it on the mound he was so dumbfounded you could tell he had never experienced anything like that before i think he was shell-shocked like he literally looked shell-shocked yeah, like it was, he was in utter shock of what was happening in front of him. It was like he could not believe that he, the Dodgers were squaring him up like they were. But anyway, uh, so yeah, um, he pro he he prolapsed. Yeah, he did prolapse, but he he prolapsed in a, an absolutely epic way. Oh, by the way, it's hilarious that the Braves somehow gave up ten runs in the first inning of a playoff game in back to back years, which is. <laughs> Oh shit! They did do that last year against the Cardinals. In game five, bro. In game five. Oh yeah, in game five. Yeah, in the in the in the ALDS, NODS. At home, bro. There was fans in attendance. That's embarrassing. Yeah, I watched that game live too. I did too. Was so so painful to watch. Atlanta sports once again. Atlanta sports. (laughs) I don't want to take away from the Dodgers here. I thought that. they played very, very well after being down three games to one. Uh, their pitching staff really showed a lot of quality because, I mean, they held the Braves to three, one, and three runs in the final uh, three games, seven runs in three, in three games. Mookie Betts um, is amazing. Yeah, Mookie Betts. Go go ahead, Lane, like, talk about some of the plays that he did make. And because, like, it's hard to explain without video, but, yeah, it's just... Him and Cody Bellinger were just robbing home runs left and right. Just like, especially like the last like five, three or four games, the outfield defense was just fucking ridiculous. And Justin Turner just laying all out there to get that, to capitalize on that atrocious base running to get that double play to ruin mm-hmm. that rally was big too. Mm-hmm. There was so much awful base running. It was painful to watch by it both was. teams. And you can tell that the shortened season really kind of decreased the quality of play in, in that in that point. 
and it kind of showed up throughout the, throughout baseball, just throughout the season too. In my opinion, yeah, it was a lot of sloppy play. <laughs> a lot of sloppy play. Uh, uh, one more thing that that I want to add onto this series, I think the narrative is pretty clear. Uh, the Braves are going to get clowned, but I don't think they. I mean, they do deserve it because it's funny, and you know, jokes are always better than facts. But if you're going to have a serious conversation. I don't think the Braves should get killed for this. I no. think they did a very good job. No, Brian Snicker did the best he could with what he had to. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, him letting Max Fried go that deep in game six was, I felt, uh, the right decision considering mm-hmm. the state of their bullpen and what they would need from them in game seven. So I thought he did an okay job too. So uh, one last thing I want to say before I pass it over to you, just in case you have like final thoughts or whatever. Christian Pache is the most athletic center fielder I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't even look athletic. He just like he just glides across the field. Yeah. And like and like, like his throws like he, and everything. Look, he looks like he just walks to to catch a ball in the gap and take away a double or something. Yeah. And like I I I think it's more also about like not only is he fast and takes good routes, also like he makes some difficult there was one play where he like almost like he ran the wrong route to get to a ball that was going to the gap and it almost got past him no no actually he came in on a ball that was that was about to bounce in front of him and he couldn't quite get to it to dive but he short hopped it remember that yeah so I've kind of kept track of Christian Pache for a while just because of the fact that he he fits as a player that Cleveland Baseball Club would trade for. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been rated as like the best individual defender in all of minor league baseball for like the last like two years. I can see why. Shit. And he seventy grade arm, seventy grade speed, seventy grade glove. Now, I think he's like. Kevin Kiermaier with a little bit better bat, in my opinion. But he's he's only like he's only like 2021. 20, so, but the value you get from a, a center fielder as your designated as your designated um, fielder, pretty much, you, you take that. Now, yeah. one thing I've seen described is the way he can bend his bend his body and torque his body to make throws like that and short hops off the of shoe tops and things. That's going to be big. But one thing I dislike is uh, Andrew Jones comps that he's getting. Yeah, hell no. Hell no. 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 Yeah. No way. No. No. Andrew Jones was a was was arguably the the greatest defensive center fielder of all time with 35 home run pop. Stop it. You're in and you're out. Yeah. No. Like no. Cut it out. And Pache is probably going to be a very good player because if, if he's just an average hitter, that's a four that's a four war player right there, four or five war player. And if he can um, become a better base runner too, yeah, because to you see that sometimes with guys who are really fast but they're not that good base runners, and guys who are very slow but are good base runners. <laughs> that's always funny to me. Um, um. So, so yeah, like, I'm, you got I'm any, very any, happy. Any final thoughts. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just happy we saw them actually play Chris and Pache. You know, 
Yeah, I agree. And, and let him play in the center field, and you move Ronnie over to right. And I feel like, and I feel like Ronald. Yeah, well, Ronald Cunha is a right fielder. He's a modern day Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. And I'll double down on that, you guys. He's a modern day Hank Aaron. Um, I feel like Ronald Cunha's gonna get a lot of flack just because he didn't have that big moment we expect him to have. Yeah, he struggled this series. But to be fair, he got on base. The Dodgers, the Do- yeah, he got on base a little bit. I mean, he had an on base percentage of three ten. But he, but he took yeah, walks. five walks to six strikeouts, which... To be fair, the Dodgers were not giving him anything to hit no. at all. So, you know, it makes sense that he was pressing a little bit. But, yeah, you know. And Mookie Betts completely ruined Freddie Freeman. Because, honestly, I, with the way Freddie Freeman was hitting, I, th- I thought he was going to, like, just weld him into the World Series. Because every ball he hit was allowed out. Yeah, he was, this seems like, dude. I got his slash line right here. This man slashed three sixty four forty eight seven twenty. That's disgusting. Them is Barry Bonds numbers, bro. Oh my god. And wait until you see Corey Seager's slash line. Oh, I have it right here. It's stupid. Like, oh yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Corey Seager. What the fuck did Corey Seager do? 310, 333, 897. He slugged 897. Yeah, that's not OPS, folks. That's slugging percentage. Like, more than half of his hits were home runs. He had nine hits, seven for extra bases. And he drove in 11 runs. He he drove in a little less than a third of the runs the Dodgers score in this series. That that's yeah, that's pretty crazy. And Jock Peterson was pretty good too. Yeah, he was good. Bellinger was also pretty good. Yeah, Bellinger. That when he popped out his shoulder, that was a little scary. But I'm glad he's okay. That was funny to me. I'm not gonna lie. To you. <laughs> oh, I gotta. So John Smoltz was complaining about that. He said Dude. modern day players complain too much. <laughs> it it was. I, I, I turned it. I actually turned the game off after that. Yo, yo, John Smoltz criticized. I saying that someone complains too much. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, dog. Because <laughs> his whole brand as a baseball broadcaster is complaining. Literally. Oh, he throws <laughs> ninety-five. You need to be able to pitch to contact. No, idiot. Guys no. are looking to hit home runs on every single pitch they see. <laughs> You should have went the other way with that 98 mile power fastball that was up in the zone. Shut the fuck up. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Smoltz is just hard to listen to, man. And I know you hate Joe Buck, and I don't particularly like him either, but I feel like if he had a better partner on the booth, he would be a lot more, I know, a lot more. From a narrative standpoint, Joe Buck isn't that good, especially the way he likes to bounce off. The way he likes to give run jobs to popular baseball teams. Yeah, but I'm never letting 2016 series go. No, it's not. Happening. I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for that. It was pretty disgusting. How much <laughs> everyone wanted the Cubs to win. It was. It was <laughs> terrible. It was terrible. My no, was out here acting like the White Sox never won a championship. Chicago has never seen a World a World Series ring in so many years. What the fuck? 
fuck are you talking about? Anyway, like Smoltz is impossible to listen to. I li- I I listen to baseball games on mute by default because I'm a Rockies fan and our broadcast team is the worst in baseball. Uh no, the Pirates seriously. is bad. The Pirates are worse. Uh the Rockies was voted, I think, second worst in the uh in the the athletic surveys and shit. Damn. Second worst. Uh they said uh one person said they sound like cheerleaders, which is completely on point. <laughs> like like they're, they're literal cheerleaders. They sound like parents at like their kids' games. And you know, you know those parents who cannot like they refuse to criticize their child for anything he does, even if he egregiously fucks up, they find oh. something positive to say oh, about him. They're one of those. Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. They they refuse to criticize anyone. So I watch like when I turn a baseball game on, <laughs> I watch it on mute by default, dog, because I just have that in me. But like, yeah, like Smoltz is unlistenable. Like you cannot listen to the guy. He complains all the time, and 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 you've actually talked about this because. He does have good insight on pitching, right? Yes. But he spends way too much time complaining about how guys swing and miss too much. So, I mean, is there anything else to say really about a fan? Like, I mean, not really. I, there, there's really not much else to say. That's about as yeah. good as you get. We we cover all the bases. Yeah, I think I think I think it's just beating a dead horse at this point. I just wish Adam Wainwright was actually pretty good on commentary. Uh, during I don't I forget what series it was, they was commentating on it was Walker, but he was pretty good. Uh, but like I would like to see, like more you know recently retired baseball players getting to broadcasting if they're good at it because like they actually know less big baseball. names too. Yeah, less big names because like they got way too too big an ego and shit. And this may be my bias, but I think catchers are the best. Former catchers are the best at. at- at calling baseball games Joe Girardi was pretty good at calling baseball games um AJ uh Pajerski Harvey's pronounced his name um he was really good um the one guy Eduardo Perez he's pretty good too and the fact that he's bilingual helps a lot mm-hmm. we need more Hispanic Hispanic and Latino uh announcers as well yeah yeah um I think we need more younger. Yes. Commentators in general. I I've tweeted this before. I could do a better job than mo than a lot of uh color commentators and play by play commentators blindfolded. Um and that's not to like talk shit to them. That's just me saying I'm the shit. Uh, <laughs> although I will say that play by play commentating in baseball is very hard. Extremely There's, difficult, especially you gotta fill in time. Yes. Lot. Yes. Yeah, you gotta be enjoyable to listen to. Um, so and yeah. on those on yeah, those days where your team are just when your team is losing ten to two and it's the bottom of the eighth inning. Yeah, that's that's where the Mets broadcast team is so good. <laughs> they just because yeah because they just start talking about shit that has nothing to do with the game. Keith Hernandez is great. Him and Ron Dolan are great. Yeah, um, Keith Hernandez had too much of a tendency to like going like anti quote-unquote analytics right uh you know rants but like for him anything that he doesn't identify as something that he you know his brand of baseball is analytics which is always funny to me but i kind of like it because he makes it funny yeah yeah that's true it's not like smalls where he's constantly bitching 
and you can tell he's like constantly rolling his eyes and shit like I also like how Keith Hernandez kind of um, breaks down the nuances too from a player perspective yeah he does true. really well with that and Ron Ron Darling is really good Ron Darling is uh, very good and uh, what's the name damn I forgot the name of their play-by-play guy he's really good god damn yeah, Gary Cohen I think it's Gary Cohen uh, he's really good no, no, not Gary Cohen. Oh, damn, what was yeah, the name? It's Gary Cohen. Yeah, he's he's yeah, great about announcer. Yeah, he's he's also really good. The way they he's interact good. between between the three is is fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh. You got anything more on, on the NLCS? We went on a whole different tangent. We did, but we had to fill some time in. So I mean, it's cool. I think that's it. We we cover everything with the NLCS. We can move on to the ALCS. All right. So the ALCS. It also went to seven games, but it went to seven games in a bit of a different way. Um, you had the Rays, you had the Astros. By the way, I don't think I've ever seen a series be more lopsided in terms of who people were rooting for. I don't think there was a single person in the world outside of Houston who wanted the Astros to win. I don't either. And it was, it's funny because nobody really gives a fuck about the Rays except big baseball fans. Yeah. But because they were playing the Astros, everyone was a Rays fan. <laughs> yes. And it was very cool to see because these teams are about as opposite as you could get on the spectrum when it comes to star power and mm-hmm. big names and stuff like that. But they also have a lot of similarities when it comes to philosophies on roster construction and things like that. So this was a great matchup in itself. Um, the Rays began this series, of course, by taking a 3 nothing lead on the back of what I would call great pitching elite defense and some luck would you agree with that yeah timely hitting they man they really they won the series about skin in their teeth yeah and i mean honestly not even about skin teeth about skin in their nuts but <laughs> why you had to make that adjustment bro bro like and none the all these games were decided about three runs or less yeah, that's pretty crazy fucking fact. Teams this average is, like barely three runs per game. This was like the 2000 World Series if it went seven games. This almost felt like fucking... Like just looking at the score, this almost felt like goddamn 2014 baseball or some shit. Yeah, just low a whole bunch of low-scoring games. And then... This race team reminds me of Kansas City a lot in 2015. Yeah. Uh, the one difference I would say between both teams uh, is... Um, the Rays don't have Althea Escobar batting leadoff with that 292 on base percentage. I hate that man. He just, <laughs> he just tortures my baseball team. Oh man, the Ned Yost special. Um Bro, he had like a 40 game hit streak against my baseball team. Like Really? Yes. That is crazy. How you get your Yo, fam, dog, dog, wait. I'll see this Escobar, not Derek Jeter. Yeah, like, not Carlos Correa. How do you get yo? How you let? How you? Let, I'll see this Escobar. How you let Alcides Escobar drop his nuts on your face, bro? And mind you, this is, is this was during the era when they had the easily a top five pitching staff in baseball year in year out. And Alcides Escobar is the one cooking you. That's gotta. That's gotta be terrible, dude. That stings, bro. Like, you, you know how annoying that is. 
<laughs> it's not even a good baseball player. It's Alcides Escobar. <laughs> oh my! That, that that is that's pretty fucking funny. I'm not gonna hold you. Uh, Cleveland sports misery is right up there with Atlanta sports misery. I'm not gonna hold you in terms of just being funny. I'm sorry. But- oh, d- it definitely is. Especially since it's, it's, it's Cleveland. <laughs> like I be saying, I be seeing people destroy Cleveland on Twitter, and I can't even. I decided not. I'll I'll start typing a tweet in response, and I'll just exile yeah. delete it because now I just I can't even do it. There's no point. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we got we got sidetracked right there. Uh, so the race won the first three on the back of like Pat said, timely hitting, good pitching, elite defense, and some luck. Uh, then the Astros took back to back games by one run, four to three games, both games four and five before. One of them, one of them won on a walk-off home run by Carlos Correa. By the way, oh, he nuked that ball. Yeah, he fucking he he smoked. There was a lot of home runs in the series. Um, and then they won Game Six by three runs. And then it almost felt like Game Seven. They just d- didn't quite have enough. They got shut down by Charlie Morton, who I believe was pulled a bit too early for my taste. But pause, but. Yeah, uh, oh, it ended up working out. Uh, you shut up. Uh, <laughs> it ended up. It ended up working out. It ended up working out. Uh, no one heard nothing. Uh, that will definitely not be on the podcast, by the way. Um, no. <laughs> so they won Game Seven for uh, forty-two. The Rays did. Um, I wonder if this series took something out of them, though, because I mean they're gonna have days off. But this was like it was so so difficult to watch them almost blow it, <laughs> you know. Honestly, um, I think they're gonna be fine. Especially since they have more off days than the Dodgers did. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I just and, like I think mentally they'll be fine too. So yeah, and considering all the arms they have too. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to the day. You know, rest days when we talk about the World Series because that is going to be a very big talking point that we get to. So uh, just one number I wanted to throw out there. Uh, the Astros OPS uh, 751 in this series. The Rays had an OPS of 675. The Rays scored four more runs than the Astros. Uh, why? Because baseball is baseball. Um, no other way really to explain it. Uh, baseball is one of the very few sports where you can get outplayed in terms of execution and still get your ass handed to you. Um, hockey is also like that. <laughs> but actually, ho- actually, hockey is quite a bit worse when it comes to that. Um, actually, and uh, let me go get some, uh, this, this stat I had about the Rays and their three true outcomes legend in this series because it was absolutely different. Okay, so... I'd love to actually do this like a guest question again, but you already know the fucking percentage because, you know, this is the third time we're recording. So <laughs> I'll just tell, uh, no, I, I'll just tell the folks listening, 16 of the Rays, 25 runs in the ALCS scored via home runs. That's 64%. Almost two thirds of the runs they scored came via home runs, which is an insane rate. They had 44 hits, 11 were home runs. They struck out 81 times in seven games, and they walked 24 times 
as well. Adam Dunn would be very proud. Yeah, um, this series was crazy to me. Um, as people complain about three outcomes, true, the three true outcomes of baseball kind of rising and becoming more frequent playing style for hitters. It's, it's become like the new style of small ball in a sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's um, actually true. And I feel like it makes sense because when you got guys that are throwing 97, 98 with a nasty slider or curveball or changeup or some shit. Yeah, everyone has a wipeout secondary now. Exactly. You, you just got to you, you gotta, you gotta do what you got to do to score runs. Yeah, you got to swing it. for the fences in case, exactly. in case you get one you can handle. You maxim- That's how you maximize your your plate appearances as a team. You mm-hmm. swing it, you find, you sit one pitch, and you swing as hard as you can. Now, mind you, there are situations where you play small ball, and the Rays did kind of small ball the Astros to death. They won with their style of baseball. Exactly. Uh, something else I want to say um, in this entire series there were three stolen base attempts in seven games combined that's three stolen base attempts I mean neither team really has a lot of guys that could steal bases actually four four my bad but like yeah but like like this actually like exemplifies like where the stolen base is going only the guys who are good at it try it and yeah, and only one out of those four stolen bases were were successful steals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, especially in a series like this where base runners were at a premium, you do not want to be potentially throwing away base runners. Uh, you know, on the base, you know, making an out on the base path is a terrible thing to do <laughs> in general, it is, especially in but, the playoffs. Yeah, especially in the playoffs where. Every single base runner, you know, and everyone's heard of this a million times. Every single base runner in the in the postseason can be a rally. Um, but yeah, and every play appearance is just that much more important. Exactly. And I feel like one big thing that helped the the Rays win was them capitalizing on Jose Altuve's mistakes. Um, oh yeah, defensively. Yeah, he had three errors, and they were big errors, and I think almost all of them led to rallies. Or whatever, and the Mr. Rallies, something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure almost all of them did, because yeah, like you, 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 you can't be fucking up like that no. in the postseason. And I'm sure a lot of people found joy in watching Altuve fuck up because he was destroying the ball. Him and Carlos Correa almost won them the series and by themselves. Yeah, Bregman, <laughs> we talked about him. Um, was it in our previous recording? I think, but uh, yeah, we talk- yeah, it was he just a, had a whole bunch of bad luck. Yeah, he 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 got robbed of hits yeah. multiple times in every single game. He was hitting the ball very well, but he had an OPS of three forty three, yeah. <laughs> which is- like he literally brought the chances of the Astros now of winning the LCS by fifteen percent by himself. Yeah, oh my god, I just looked at that. Oh, that's crazy. When you when you get outperformed by Martin Maldonado, you had a shitty yeah. series. Yeah, you were having a bad series. <laughs> get up when you get outperformed by Josh Reddick. And Kyle yeah, Tucker yeah. got Kyle Tucker had a lot of bad luck too. 
Yeah. Springer did hit a couple home runs, but his postseason legend didn't really live up to expectations in this series. 715 no. OPS is not what you expect from George motherfucking Springer, who, by the way, will be a free agent. You know, he will be a free uh, agent at the end of the season. So Michael that's Brantley really interesting. as well. Yep. That's really interesting. This Astro, yo, this loss right here by the Astros, this may signify something ending right here. I agree. Because Dusty always felt to me like more of a transitional manager. Yep. And I don't know, like this could very well be the end of the current core because Springer is a vital part of that. He, I, I'm guessing he's going to leave. Um, either him or Correa will be gone. That's my... Correa saw as a year left. No, yeah, like I'm saying like as of the end of next year, uh, him but... or Correa will, will leave. I don't... Yeah, they're not that's gonna a good They're not going to keep both. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Jose Altuve. I'm not sure how much value he has left. I mean, the Mac is still hit. He hit 462, 563, 885. He did, but he's also on a, on a pretty big contract, correct? 25 million a year for a second baseman is a lot. That's a lot of money. Right that is. That's a lot of fucking money. And as I've seen... And he's on the, the wrong money. side of 30. And he has yeah. injury history as well. And he... And he underperformed vastly this year so i'd say he's trade value and he's probably not very well liked probably uh, not. no so, way on the is probably well liked right now <laughs> so yeah um we'll talk about the free agency market and how that looks and some of the trades and everything when the series ends because i mean when the season ends because it's going to be very interesting uh how all that moves some teams should be making moves. They won't make them. I won't name them. Um, and yeah, so we'll talk about that. So you got anything more on this series? I feel like this was, in terms like in terms of narrative, it was a bit more straightforward. It was you know will the will the race choke it away? They did not at the end of the day. So if you got anything more on the ALCS, then go ahead. And if not, then we can go to the World Series. I think we covered everything. All right. So. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, the World Series is here. Um, it features the best team in the American League in the regular season, the Rays, against the best team in the National League, the Dodgers. This is both good and bad. This is good because it features the two best teams in baseball going up against each other. But it's bad because Manfred is 100% going to use this to legitimize this bullshit ass postseason format for you know moving forward i agree and this is going to lead to a lot a lot of teams cutting corners now yeah. using this as an excuse along with coronavirus but hopefully on the flip side we may see more call-ups of young guys yeah, that may be true. But and if they do, if they if they do expand, if they do permanently expand the playoffs to 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 basketball style with with four rounds and 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 eight seeds in each in each league, they need to expand the playoff rosters to like maybe the 30, 32. That would make bullpenning crazy. 
it would, but I think it makes more sense just from a long, for just from a standpoint of longevity. You got to play 162 games, and you got to play four rounds of playoffs. I think they'll settle it at 14 teams per no total. But you know, we can talk about that when we get to it. So this World Series is a very interesting series. Uh, one thing that we do need to mention is that there will be normal days off. So after game two, there will be a day off. After game five, there will be another game off. This means that the pitcher who starts game one can also go game five. It also means that the guy who starts game three goes game seven, if there is one. So with that being said, and before we get to the starters for each game, because they've already been announced and there's a lot of interesting stuff that comes with the announcement of who will be starting those games. Doesn't this series to you feel like the Rays versus the Rays in many ways? The Rays Except, versus the Rays want money. Yeah, I mean, that was exactly what I was about to say. I mean, this is literally the Andrew Freeman Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, dog. That is actually very true. If y'all didn't know, Andrew Friedman came from the Rays. He's the he's a general manager or team president of the Dodgers. Either or, maybe both. Something. He's. I think he's the president of the baseball ops for the Dodgers. Whatever he is, whatever he is, he runs shit. Yeah, he runs shit over there. Yeah, so he comes from the Rays. So this is yeah, like I think that's a very accurate term. The Andrew Friedman bowl. Um. Go ahead, like I'd like to hear your opinion first because I'm like having a little bit of conflicted thoughts in terms of who I'd pick and you know like how do I see this series moving forward because I think it can be very drastic. I don't know. I'm, thing not, goes I'm not. I'm not even sure myself. I've been trying. I've been thinking about it since yesterday, Same. and I don't even. I don't even know who to pick. I do know who who to pick, but I don't know. Like, how many I want games. the race. I want the race to win. Doc saying just because it would be doctor. nice to dispel the narrative that payroll is everything in baseball just so it can shut a lot of fans up specifically Cleveland baseball club fans like the bitch and moan yeah but I'm I'm, I'm just this is this is very important um just from a philosophy standpoint because if we see the Dodgers win. We're gonna hear a rod, Dick ride the Dodgers because they spend money. And if we see the Rays win, we're gonna hear a rod, Dick ride the Rays and say that money isn't everything. Whatever the case, a rod is gonna say some, some dumb shit on television. Yeah, and that's pretty much. And it's so scary to me that he was so close to becoming a Mets owner, or well, he as close as he was from the Mets owner. Could you imagine Alex Rodriguez as the owner of an MLB team? Steroids for everyone. <laughs> He's, uh, he's he's going with LeBron's HGH plug immediately and ask for a kilo of them thing. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yo, why do why do former players love saying dumb shit on television so much? David Ortiz. Uh actually let me say that properly. David Ortiz. Uh he said that what do you say about uh the the Dodgers? Did he say that they win because they left the analytics? behind and they just went out and played uh like 
hard fought baseball or some shit. It's just like every time I, I hear Denver, he talks about baseball. He's always, he's always talking about what team wants him more or some stupid colloquialism like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hilarious because this is literally the two more, more no, the two more analytically inclined teams in all of baseball. Literally. In the World Series. Literally. Out of, out of the top five in baseball is Rays, Astros, Dodgers. And those are the three to four teams in the AL in a, in a championship series in each league. Yeah. <laughs> and then Go if on, we look man. at the if we look at the total playoff picture. A's, Rays, Dodgers, Yankees, Cleveland, Astros. That's like five out of the sixteen right there. Mm-hmm. And the twins. Oh, super analytically inclined. The twins as well. People are just stupid, dog. The fact that Yankee fans were out there complaining that analytics don't work and they need to go back to good old hard nosed baseball after be- after getting beat by the fucking Rays was absolutely hilarious to me. And but the anyway, Rays smoked them in the regular season too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So, I think we can divide this, you know, you know, talking about the World Series. I, do you think it's fair to divide it and, like, you know, let's talk about the lineups, let's talk about the starting rotation, let's talk about the bullpens, or do you think it's just a bit better to just go all around how we think the dynamic of the series plays? Because I think the Rays are walking a very tight rope right here. Yeah, I do too. To me, the... The most important matchup is going to be the Rays pitching staff versus the Dodgers hitting, because that's clearly two strengths of these two these two teams. I agree. It's strength against strength. I yes. think the problem here. I agree that it's that that's going to be a key matchup, but I think the most important matchup by far is the Rays lineup against the Dodgers bullpen. I agree because that's where Kevin Cash is going to have to mix and match with the pinch hitting and the, and the pinch running and things like that, and the platooning. Let's like 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 let's get like let's get things right right here. Okay. Outside of Randy Arozarena, outside of Manuel Margot, the Rays have not hit at all. Through G-Man the entire Troy. postseason, yeah, but only in this past series okay that's fair. series before he was non-existent mike sonino this series past series was good last series he was non-existent the only guys who have been consistent have been manuel margot and of course the motherfucking name randy this is like it's so vital to me i think that what you're gonna get out of the Rays pitching staff is what you're gonna expect to get out of the Rays pitching staff i don't think they're gonna prolapse all over the mound I think they're going to pitch very well, considering that they're facing the deepest lineup in all of baseball. You cannot expect shutout baseball over and over and over again from the Rays, but I think they'll pitch well enough to keep them in the series for a very long time if their bats perform. Also, just one last thing before I toss it over to you. The fact that there are days off is huge in my opinion very especially for think, the race yes i think the fact that there are days off is going to give the rays so much more advantage to use the the heck out of the bullpen and get every single out they can get out of them in games two and game five 
I think it's telling that their game one starter is Tyler Glass now. I assume they trust him to go five innings at least. Game two, they have they have Snell going. Game three, they have not set a starter yet. You think it's Morton? I think it will be Morton. Then that leaves game four as sort of a semi-bullpen game. And the Dodgers have Kershaw going game one. They have Bueller going game three. He would pitch a potential game seven. And here's the interesting part. They have no one so far. It's to be determined who pitches, who starts game two. That tells me it's very likely going to be some sort of bullpen game. Yeah. Against Blake Snow. And I don't know, man. Like, it feels weird to me because... Yeah, like, go ahead. Because I'm trying to, like... I'm trying to, like, put my thoughts together just look to, like, give a proper prediction. Because, Yeah. It's a it's a big toss up. I agree, um, but... and, and it's a great matchup too. Just an all facets of the game. Um, now I think if Kevin Cash is able to to run circles around Dave Roberts, which he's very capable of doing, correct? Because we see Dave Roberts do some stupid ass decisions with when he takes his guys out on whatever. Yeah. That's gonna be. I think that's gonna be the real key, in my opinion. I, I just can't. I, I, I cannot escape the fact that the Rays are like they're. They have not gone hitting at all, and like they they, st- and they they still win. I know they still win, but like they have not faced a team as good as the Dodgers yet. Like they have not faced a team that's gonna. One through nine put out elite hitters basically at every single spot in the lineup. I mean, I agree, but you have to give the have the Dodgers face their pitching staff as good as the Rays. I feel like it goes both. And honestly, well, uh, I just think the fact that not just I think the Rays pitching staff just from a stub standpoint and from the fact that they have so many guys that can throw in different arm slots. You have to give them a puncher's chance at least. Oh, I do, I do. I, I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to get smoked at all. I'm saying if they don't hit, I have a very hard time believing that they can do anything more than losing six games. Okay, that's fair. I mean, then can we agree that if do you think the do you think the Rays got hold the Dodgers to under five runs in all game in all of the games? Not in all of the games, but I think on average they can. Okay, so let's say in the first four games, if the Rays hold the Dodgers under five runs in three out of four games, can you see the can you see them going two two in the first four games? For sure, one hundred percent. Okay, I think that's what needs to happen. I agree. If, I think if the, they the, fall the, behind, if, if they okay, so let me put it like 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 sorry to cut you up, but like. If they go down two games to one in the first three, I think they're done. That's my take. Uh, that's fair. I don't. In my opinion, they need to. They need to at least be two-two and through the first four, or they're not going to win. 
because Mookie is gonna have a game. Yeah, where he goes. Corey Seager might have a game. Yeah. Just one based on how nine. he's hitting. One, I one mean, I know nine. one through Everyone nine is dangerous. Everyone yeah. can have a game. Everyone can have a game. The thing is, but Jock Peterson is gonna sit versus lefties. That's true, but he's gonna start against Glasnow. He's gonna start against Morton. He's gonna come into pinch hit. Okay, but I mean, even then, the the, the righties on the on the race staff are just nasty. Okay, it's Jock, it's Jock Peterson. He's he's basically Mike Trout against righties. So. <laughs> It's really good, but I don't know, man. Like, I think the Rays have the defense advantage. I think the Rays have the pitching staff advantage overall. They have the better bullpen. I, I don't think this is debatable. And yeah. and Sorry, I think from I don't mean to cut you off, but no, yeah, go ahead. Just just to go back to the old trope, pitching wins championships. I think that's just kind of where I I sit. I'm playing. I'm playing it safe. I agree with that. I'm, that, I'm definitely playing it safe, especially with how inconsistent. But I mean, we also got to talk about how, how inconsistent Blake Snow has been this postseason. He hasn't been throwing strikes. Yeah, he has not been good at um, all. And Tyler Glass now has been eh, but when you have a guy who's that hellacious, and he hasn't been getting a lot of calls. Bums have been terrible when they've been calling the strikes on for him. That's true. That's true. I feel like part of it is because his curveball is so disgusting that he's not going to get anything like towards the edges of his own. Oh, he's, he definitely fools umpires with just how, with his delivery and, yeah. and how much movement he gets. Yeah, how much movement he has. And combined with the velocity he just throws at. Cause he, he, and I also feel like TBS strike zone is a little off. It, it was, was a little off. <laughs> You saw, it, you saw how two base strikes on they had on him, bro. I mean, it looked terrible. It looked like my cut, my three year old cousin drew it. Like, I know the, I know the man's a midget, bro. But goddamn, and their and their radar guns were hot. Yeah, they were terrible. Um, we need okay, robot so, umps. I'm I'm with you on that. No, I'm on that yeah. bandwagon. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's actually another good uh, discussion. But like, look how far we didn't fail. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, that that was actually funny. The look how far it went off. That was funny. Yeah. Um, if you caught that reference, uh, 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 to the audience, I love you, no homo. Okay, so I feel like we're kind of going in circles somewhat. Um, so you know, with the with the predictions, because the talking points are so blatantly obvious to me i think mm-hmm. the one thing that maybe we have not mentioned yet is the fact that uh i've read somewhere that the rays struggle hitting fastballs i looked at some of the numbers and they do and one thing that might play to their favor in terms of babbit luck is that the dodgers have a lot of guys who throw sinkers um and sinkers are you know they're magnets for contact so if they can get lucky and they can you know, it's just a matter of scoring runs. Like Brandon Lowe has not had a pulse the entire postseason. They just need to get average offense, and I think they'll be able to win the series if they do get um, average offense. However, let me say this: I think the only way the Rays win this series is in the seven-game drawn-out pitching-centric of a series. You no. Know? Oh, they can wear out the Dodgers' pitching staff and kind of. 
they, they can, can expose the inconsistency that Blake Trine and Kenley Jansen and yeah. them have been. Yeah, the bullpen there for the Dodgers is not what you would necessarily. The only guy I really trust in that bullpen right now is Julio Rice. Same, and I think they might use him to start one of these games. I agree. Just kind of based on the fact that there's off days and stuff too. Yeah. Or you might be a piggybacker, or you might like come in after the opener. Yeah. Whatever the case, he's gonna play a big role in this series. Yes. Okay. So let me. Okay. So after all this. Let me go ahead and put my prediction out there. This is what I think will happen, by the way, not what I want to happen. If you know me, you know I want the Dodgers to eat shit. <laughs> I think the Dodgers are going to win this series in six games. I agree. And this is my reason behind it. I think the Rays will pitch very well in five of the six games. I think most of the games will be close in score. But I think there will be one game that it will get away from the Rays. And it will be that one blowout in that, you know, and just one that one random blowout in a very pitching uh, dominated uh, dominated series. And I'm thinking if that blowout happens in a crucial game, like a game four with the, the Dodgers up two games to one that'll be all so i think the race at the end of the day they won't get enough hitting because i mean let's face it their hitters are okay they don't have true superstars that's where the lack of payroll really shines you know where they can just they can't go out there and get those you know 140 150 wrc plus guys who in the short series can get hot at any time and basically win you a game or two by themselves I think they won. I think they ultimately won not hit enough. I think the Dodgers, they'll be shaky with the bullpen <laughs> because it is. But I think the Dodgers will have too much firepower offensively. The Rays will pitch well, but I don't think they'll pitch quite well enough to overcome the fact that I just do not trust their offense at all. So that's my take on it. Do I want that to happen? Hell no. I want the Dodgers to lose and be miserable forever. But I think I'm going to be the one who is fucking miserable by the end of this series. So that's my prediction. My NLCS MVP goes to... Fuck it, let's say Mookie Betts. If the Dodgers are going to win, might as well get Mookie in uh, a World Series MVP. Just so we can get some extra recognition that he fucking deserves. And yeah, that's my prediction. I so the, line, the lineups are out. Oh, they are. Um, I think so. I think the Dodgers are downstairs. All right. So what's with it? Hold on, I'm looking right now. All right. Um, it's it's. I know Austin Barnes is catching Kershaw today. Yeah. Um, Bet Seager, Turner, Muncy. Will Smith at DH, Bellinger, um, Chris Taylor, Peterson, Barnes. Chris Taylor hitting ahead of Peterson. That's yes. interesting. Okay, so pretty much what I expected. I mean, Peterson against... Oh, yeah, it's, it's a writing. Um, yeah. I think that is weird, Peterson against Barnes. I think I'll write that. I think... Yeah, I think I will want 
Chris Taylor ninth and Peterson seventh and Barnes eighth. Just same, but same. I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> That's a fucking understatement of the century, right there. Jock Peterson hitting eighth. You know, definitely. You know, dude, the fact that Jock Peterson's hitting fucking eighth for the Dodgers. Disgusting. Every time I hear Jock Peterson's name, I laugh because the the A's on the Angels owner really nicks a trade for him and Ross Stripling. Yeah. yeah. Also, it, Jock Peterson is the whitest name of all time. Yeah, he's Jewish. More to my point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro, you're going to get us canceled. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? Oh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that lineup does not surprise me at all. Oh, you got a prediction, World Series MVP and all that, because I'm starting to get depressed thinking about it. My World Series MVP? G-Man choice. Really? But you no. picked the Dodgers and said no. so? I did, but fuck it. I'm going to flip it. Rays in five. Whoa. Randy Rook. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to punt. Rays in five. Randy Rosarena. Actually, I changed my mind. Razor Rosarena is going to win a World Series MVP because he's the best fast Actually, he's the second fat, best fastball hitter out of both position player groups, in my opinion. Just right with how hot he is right now. But you could see the Dodgers avoid him, too, and just completely shut him down. And he is young, and he only played, what, like 20 major league games? So he could yeah, just he him fall off the map. Yeah. If you don't give him nothing to hit, and he starts chasing... That's going to be big, though, if... The, the Rays have to get on base and get the guys opportunities for the middle for the guys in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. Oh man, raising five is a crazy fucking prediction. It is, but who knows? It's twenty twenty, man. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, one thing I'll say is I'm praying to God, to every God I know. Uh, that your prediction is right because I would love so much for the Dodgers to get humiliated in the world series again oh man the memes will be amazing this is what third time in four years third time in four years they and mind you before that they 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 lost like what like four straight in (laughs) ocs's yeah i think they yeah i think they look at least three straight at least three at least three straight so that would be glorious um yeah but Quite frankly, I don't think your prediction will come true. Okay. I'm. Pr- I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But you sound pain. You sound in pain. Just kind of predicting the I Dodgers. Because I because like the Dodgers are so fucking good, and like this is their year. I think the fact that their days off plays to the Rays' advantage, but it also plays to the Dodgers' advantage because it lets them uh, put uh, put a uh, Bueller out there uh, for Game Three instead of game four and it lets them go with you know their guys on whatever race they can because the issue with the dodgers is depth bullpen depth so you know days off kind of not negates that but diminishes that some somewhat somewhat but anyway i said too much i'm getting myself depressed uh uh at this point um 
yeah, I think that was pretty much everything I got. If you got anything else on the World Series, bro, please. Oh man, I, I think that's it. We we um we we kind of talked in circles for a bit, and went on a whole lot of tangents, but I just want good. I just want some good ass baseball. Me I too. Want, I want my heart to be jumping out of my chest because that adrenaline's like no other. Yeah, except when you, except when it's your team. Yeah, when it's your team, playoff baseball is terrible. <laughs> when it's your team in the postseason, you die about thirty five times per game. Oh my goodness, I'm having I'm having flashbacks to that to that to that game too. Um, I'm having flashbacks as well, but mine are causing me to like slowly open up my window and like look out of it. Climb out, start climbing out one leg over the yeah. other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doug, that 2018 NLDS is oh no. Oh. Do, do a flip, bro. Yeah, do actually, a flip like on a your pool. way down. Actually, there's like a pool right, like right down below. So you know, I, I might try to you know do a flip and fucking belly flop on it. <laughs> uh, so I die in style, you know, like uh, Tony Montana. This <laughs> ginger just got red shit all in the water. <laughs> That's actually just my hair, bro. Uh, so yeah, you welcome for that oop. That's actually right. You actually threw that shit like you was Kyrie in the final. <laughs> actually, I, I should have said Jr. Smith. Remember that alley oop? Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah, that that whole that whole series was crazy. Better times, bro. Better times. So, Amen. Amen. Let me tell um, you. <laughs> <laughs> better, better times in many ways. So, uh, we already uh, rambled, you know, rambled on enough. Uh, so, thank y'all for listening uh, to the podcast. Seriously, thank y'all for listening. Uh, episode 20, this was. Uh, this, this went on for a very long time. A lot longer than I, than I thought it would. I thought it was a pretty good conversation, all things considered. I should, I'll try my hardest to get this shit out there uh, before game one of the World Series. I think I'll probably should be able to, uh, depending on how the audio is, you know, process and all that. But uh, yeah, uh, you want to tell the folks anything else? You want to plug anything? I don't really have anything to say. Um, Jose Ramirez is an AL MVP. That's it. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So that's it uh, for me, from Pat. Uh, yeah, that's all for the Pinch Talk podcast. You know, if y'all can hear the tone of dread in my voice, it's because I can sense my prediction is about to be right. Oh, so, I'm gonna wild it out on the on the podcast on the on the Twitter account tonight too. Yeah, I'll probably be asleep at that point because oh yeah, this is gonna be like four in the morning. I gotta get up like mad early tomorrow too. So yeah, I'll try to get that shit out quickly. But yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, before Pat uh, cracks any more jokes on me. Um, yeah, that's it. Pinch Talk Podcast signing off, everyone. And yeah, enjoy the World Series, people. It only happens once a year. So, peace.